0: processes and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Hello and welcome to the Property Solopreneur and I'm I've got something a little different today for us all in property but completely aligned to property investing cuz I've got Danny Wallace with me, also known as I am the Queen Bee. Uh, founder of the Flowerway Foundation and much sought after as a motivational speaker. If you've not heard Danny, you need to go and find her out. Truly special. Now, like most of us, though, in the property world, you didn't start off as a fully formed motivational speaker, did you? I don't, I don't
1: think any of us start as a fully formed anything, really, do we? But yeah, no, absolutely not. Uh, so I grew up on uh, the council states of Preston and where where I grew up, the concept, the very concept of being a motivational speaker or working in the entrepreneurial space or the online space was just something completely out of the realms of what those around me, either my family or my friends or, you know, our, our wider circle would have ever kind of been able to comprehend. So yeah, working where I work now, it's very interesting when I kind of go back or, you know, even try and explain to my mum now what it is that
0: I do. <laughs> uh, Trust me, that's us all in the property world in a nutshell. You know, we're behind all of us successful people in in property. We've got mothers and fathers going, why don't you get a nice, safe job? Why don't you get a proper job? (laughs) 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 But you had a talent, which is and still is, which is singing. And you can make anyone sing along with you. And well, you can. And, um, you know, but that doesn't keep you going forever, does it? And I know that in your early 20s, you did go corporate and you had a job in HR. I did. Absolutely.
1: So yeah, essentially it's 16. So the way, the way that I grew up was, it was quite chaotic. So like I say, growing up on the council estates that in my house particularly was generational domestic abuse and but not just my mum and dad, but sort of side to side, the the cousins, the aunties, the uncles, the grannies, the granddads, meant that by the time I kind of got to 16, I was like, I wanted to just get out of there, just get as far away as I could. And I was very lucky that I was able to sing. But as we said, it wasn't a proper job. So in my early twenties, after singing all over the world in some fabulous places, I came back to put down some roots because that's what you're meant to do, right? You're meant to have a proper job and get married and have kids and buy a house and all of that. of stuff. So I did, I worked in the HR facility for some wonderful, wonderful brands, Jaguar Land Rover, Coffin Warehouse, some government contracts. And I worked within learning and development. So I took everything that I knew from the performance space and moved it into the training room. And then everything that I learned from the training room and the performance space, I then moved out into my business. So it was, a, it took me a while to get there, but eventually I've been able to sort of amalgamate all of my skills. That's what we all
0: do. but you you know when you had the corporate job, you you then became completely normal compared to what we all are now in that you had the house, and a mortgage, and you had a husband, and you had children. So completely normal. they actually, what most people aspire to, right? The the kind of the stereotypical. I was I was
1: setting myself up to try and create what was expected of me. And the problem with somebody like me is that Rachel, we've been friends a while now. I'm somewhat of a hurricane, um, <laughs> and the the norm isn't really something that I find very comfortable. But because Everything that had been so chaotic in in my growing up, by the time I got to sort of being a young adult, early twenties, I really wanted to generate what I, or what would be perceived as success. So I was the first of, you know, my cousins that were able to purchase their own house, you know, had a really good job. but didn't quite manage to get married. There was this husband-shaped hole that I kind of stuffed with the first kind guy that came along, God bless him. And he just wasn't ready. He wasn't ready for life, certainly not life with me. And we had my youngest child, Eli. And not long after that, he kind of... Just, well it was three months after we sent the invites out to our wedding and three months before we got married and he just woke up one morning and he went I don't I don't want any of this this is too much for me I don't kind of want that normality of life I don't feel ready for it and even though I wasn't in inverted commas ready for it I was trying my best to just make that happen because that was a measure of success owning a house measure of success a wedding measure of success having a baby with somebody that you love measure of success and What I failed to realize at the time was that measures of success don't necessarily need to be external, but that was a long time before I started to do any kind of serious work on myself, my own personal development, my own healing, my own trauma, all of this sort of stuff. So very quickly after that, I found myself in a position whereby uh, I had an intimate partner relationship that resulted in quite significant violence and emotional abuse and then after that, because of the financial abuse that happened within it, I lost the house and became homeless. So there was this sort of cookie cutter lifestyle that I was trying to desperately squeeze myself into. And for all I tried, I
0: just didn't quite manage it and found myself in this really terrible situation. And of course, not only was it a terrible situation, but actually in the eyes of anyone who invests in property, you were untouchable. Right. Right. Because absolutely you you just don't fit any of the molds that work, and yet we know perfectly well that you you know on the surface, there you were, you know homeless with two children and all the rest of it. but you actually still had an amazing corporate job with really good income absolutely. So you, you couldn't have help from the state, right, but nor would most agents touch you with a barge pole. and that was a
1: really frustrating position to be in where I had the means. The means to be able to pay rent, but none of the the sort of the proof, so to speak, in terms yes. of being being a good tenant. Suffice to say, right up until that point, I'd paid all of i paid my mortgage every month. That had been okay, found myself in a situation where I wasn't able to get any assistance. But then once we'd sort of sofa-surfed for a little while and got my finances back together in a stable situation. I'd failed every single credit check, you know, speaking to any agency, they just wouldn't touch me. And we was hey. very, 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 very lucky that we knew somebody that had bought a house and who knew who I was as a character, knew who I was, you know, I was a trustworthy payer who al- allowed me to, to go into the, their property and look after it and be a tenant for their property. I was very, very lucky and very fortuitous to... Be to know somebody like that, and there are so many and uh, hundreds of thousands of people that found themselves in a position where they just don't know somebody right. who who has those properties or who you know how they where they can prove themselves in such a way. So I th- you know I thank I thank God every single day that you know we knew somebody
0: well, I think who we could have that conversation absolutely. with. Absolutely, and I think that's that's going to be more and more difficult because as the government try and professionalize being a landlord more and more the more of us have to go and put our properties with an agent. And of course, an agent is going to streamline. Of course, they're going to always take the tenant that fits all the boxes and everything else for so many right reasons. But it is actually the individual landlord, the owner, you know, the manager who does it himself, who will continue to find people like you. Um, And, you know, I think that you're just rather proving the point that more individual landlords should take a chance on people like you. Right. And I totally
1: understand, you know, I, you know, I've managed to completely turn my life around and, you know, b- bought a beautiful property myself now and I kind of come through things. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but yeah. actually being that tenant that was considered risky, even though I knew I wasn't like, I just needed somebody to take a chance on me, allowed me to build foundations on which I've been since be able to create, you know, multiple six figure business, being able to, you know, take my child out of education and have them tutored privately because full-time education wasn't for them. Being able to support my kids to do any number of things and had that landlord not taking a chance on me I dread to think where we were at I mean I'm quite scrappy I would have survived but would I have survived as easily exactly would have been more difficult it would have been more difficult to have thrived in the way that I did and would have taken me even longer um you know I wasn't able to go into refuge I wasn't because of what I was earning because of because of what I was earning, I wasn't considered for a council property. If I was considered for a council property, it was in a really quite problematic area that, you know, I really wouldn't have wanted to bring my children into. And yeah, I was just, I was very, very, very lucky. And I guess it was worth taking a chance because, you know, that. We was able to live there for 10 years quite happily, paying our rent, never missing a rent, yeah. making sure that the house was looked after to a point whereby, uh, you know, we redecorated all the way through when we handed the property back over. You know, they didn't have anything to worry about for 10 years. They Absolutely. just.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and and fun enough, because um, uh, we were talking earlier and when I first met you, and I was saying that this one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you was that I have had agents who have said, no, we can't have them. That they're a difficult tenant, and of course they wouldn't have been. And I did once follow the advice of a, of an agent and evicted my vulnerable tenant whose husband had found her. And we were talking about this before. And of course, actually, the problem wasn't the tenant, right? The problem was the husband, wasn't he? Who came along? And we were also talking about the fact that the reason why this family suddenly came to the attention and I had to evict them was the husband had kicked the front door in which had been a marvellous new brand new shiny PVC door all bells and whistles from a well-known brand. Well, it didn't survive five minutes when he started kicking it in. And I learned two things from that. One, that particular amazing pvc door really wasn't worth its salt but <laughs> five minutes it really wasn't going to be safe so i upgraded my front doors and they are now all double skinned with a concrete sort of iron slab in the middle you can't kick them in yes, yeah they- i was gonna say they sound they sound hardy well i think the frame will go before the doors do um mean, they're a thousand pounds at a time But 10 years, 15 years on, those doors are still going on, whereas my other ones I've had to renew. So they weren't such a winner, were they? And it suddenly struck me when we were talking about it was that there must be other things that landlords can do which are cheap and easy to make vulnerable families feel secure in a house.
1: Right. And I think that that's really important, a really important consideration that, you know, regular check-ins, having a working relationship with your tenant, having open conversations with them about, you know, about where they're at. And it's not, you know, it's, I understand that being a tenant and being a landlord, it's a business transaction, right? They are, they're they're paying you every month and they, you know, they're the guardian of the property whilst you're, you know, you, you don't live there and, and all of that. But actually by, you can make people feel safe yes by taking the action such as you did by you know getting those better quality doors making sure that the property is safe you know having locks on the windows considering things like cctv or install, like encouraging or having maybe as part of contracts having sort of ring apps or whatever to make sure that the the property and the tenants are looked after will enable i think and i'm in agreement with you will enable you to to house people who ordinarily wouldn't have been able to be housed. And actually, you might have got yourself bagged yourself an
0: absolutely incredible tenant who isn't going to trash your house. No, absolutely not. Nine times out of ten probably will always be your tenant because they won't have the drive to be able to climb out of that and go on and buy themselves their own home. Right. And they'll feel safe. They'll feel safe, absolutely, and it, it is little things like, um, you know, one of the things that you mention on your website is the fact that you, you know, you want to make sure that the exit is not via the kitchen, right? Um, you know, because of knives and other things like that. Things that those of us who've never encountered problems before wouldn't think of twice, and on you know, a little thing like a, a thumbscrew um turn on a door, so you're not fighting to find the right key, yeah. You know, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you say, having exits that don't go via knives is is pretty... But it seems a really dark thing to have to consider. It seems a a dark thing to have to um, think about when you're, you know, when you're designing a house or when you're thinking about the layout, when you're thinking about things like entrances, exits, when you're thinking about escape plans and what have you. But it's those things that are really worthwhile considering if you're thinking about overall safety of everybody that's living in your property. Having been someone who's experienced domestic abuse, albeit in my particular situation, the violence—I mean, violence—is subjective. A lot of what happened for me was very emotional. A lot of what happened was was, fi- was financial prior to the point, you know, of me moving into our rented accommodation. We were in a safe position afterwards. So we've been able to, you know... Have We were accessing services. And I think that's worth a conversation. I mean, it might feel like you're prying, but if you're building a relationship with somebody and they disclose, asking them, you know, are you engaged with services? What does that look like? Enables you to think, well, you know, are they accessing, is that is that potential tenant accessing the right kind of services to support them? Thus, having them in this sort of rounded situation, you know, they've got support. Brilliant! That's a real, that's a real win for me. I was still accessing, you know, counselling support. I was still, ac- I was still on a like a multi-agency situation, and they were able to actually vouch for me as a tenant to say, no, you know, we have no worries about this person as a as a tenant, and we're quite happy to vouch for them. So even people that are accessing services aren't shouldn't necessarily be disregarded from, yeah, from accessing but rent. But I, I
0: think doctors. I think they are because again so many people are encouraged as investors to always have the maximum amount of size mortgage and if you've got a big mortgage you are going to be very wary of your tenant for a start because you don't want to default because otherwise you both end up in, in you know on the wrong side really but also of course the fact is that mortgage suppliers actually can say who they do and do not want in their homes where a mortgage is held, which is a very big problem. And that's why, you know, I and many other people that I know of are saying, you know, once you get, get you know, yes, I fully understand when you start out in property, you want to get as many properties as you can, build up that debt, it's all rest of it. But it has to become a point when you go, hang on a second, this is all going very well now. Now I need to start losing my debt and start paying off those properties. And that is when you can start to go... And also, I'm jolly lucky. I'm in a great place here. I'm financially free. Why did I get into property? And, uh, you know, many of us got in not because we could have put our our money in stocks and shares, frankly, but there's not not a lot of fun in that. (laughs) (laughs) And secondly, we actually wanted to give something back. And I know that sounds very sick making, really, I think, to some people. But there is an element of that, particularly a lot of female investors want to give something back. And so therefore, if you're not all, if you've got into a position where you're comfortable, why not start to think, hang on, I could, I don't have to put my whole portfolio to this, but one or two houses. Now, how, is there a way that investors who've got a a mortgage-free house or whatever can access these sorts of people? Do you go to the council? What do you do? Or yeah, I think, so in the first instance, so I
1: have a foundation called the Fly Away Foundation. So I help people who've experienced domestic abuse build businesses. And as part of our five-year plan is to not only just build a national network of refuge, but also affordable housing on the other side of that. And so if I look at the way that my business is growing, if I look at the way that, you know, we're just applying for charity status now, that the way that uh, the foundation's growing, we'll need stocks of houses that we can work with landlords on to be able to house and rehouse and rehome families who are in a position to be rehomed. They just might not be accepted in the wider, in the wider pool, I guess, of rented accommodation. So having, you know, like having connections with local refugees understanding you know what your requirements are or what the necessity is around you know, the tenants that you have building those connections allow you to give back and like you know you've said this we've had conversations about this rachel you know if you, if people have got a, a portfolio of houses and within that are some affordable properties then isn't it an incredible thing to be able to consider as our social responsibility of people as people who are building wealth to work out how do we give a bit of that back? You yes. know, I'm I was I was never somebody who didn't pay the taxes. I wasn't somebody who was. However, we look at it, the the there is a benefit system in place to help people. Back out into the world now. Lots of people do fall into it and find it very difficult to get out of it. I was looking for a way out. I didn't want to be in that position forever and ever and ever. I needed a shoe in. I needed a foot in the door. I needed somebody to believe in me. So for people out there that you know have a portfolio of properties that potentially have you know some affordable housing within that, I think it's really worthwhile considering. You know what does the on the other side of refuge look like? How can you strengthen those ties? How can you reach out to? if not right now for the fly anywhere foundation but certainly the fly anywhere foundation in 3 or 4 or 5 years time we're going to need that stock of houses ready to rehome people who are ready to yes. go and take up space responsibly. You're based at the moment in the Midlands, aren't you? Well, no, we're actually based in the northwest. So we we, cool. we work all the way through the UK, right? Um, and but I'm I live in Preston for my sins. But on on the train, we're literally two and a half hours away from most places. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we we uh, but we work all the way through the UK, and we're looking at hubs through each of the regions so you know I, I'm i very very excited to have us in a position in the in the not too distant future where we can look at working with property owners. I'm sorry, with... So
0: is this something that you know we we need to say uh, start off with finding a, a, a check sheet somehow that people can make their houses ready and I would think that you know it, it's not just women investors of course there will lots of men who want to as well and they are particularly difficult to access our space because there is this perception that um, violence is only towards women and of course it
1: isn't yeah it's Um, one in four four women one in six men and there's very little in terms of within the gender you know within the gender fluidity and the non-binary and the trans space uh, in terms of data but yeah it's it's as much as one in six men as well this is not this is not entirely
0: genderless no Um, but of course they will feel slightly more relieved reluctant to try and find people because you know it's not something that they would feel necessarily comfortable talking about or to so how how do we even find out about refuges or which department and the council would help you and things like that do you google it i think do you know what it is i wish there was a more comprehensive
1: like what's the word like directory Uh, but as with most um services outside of this sort of the direct home even, even even within the homeless sector every region every council works in silos i wish it didn't i wish that wasn't the case i wish that everything was sort of on a national network uh, however what we often find regionally throughout the uk indeed the world is that there will be initiatives that are set up locally because someone's it's much the same way I've done with the Flying Away Foundation. There'll be initiatives that are set up locally and then they sort of grow and they grow for the area. So Calico is a, a perfect example of a national network. Um, SafeNet is another example of a, of a national network uh, but that have all started out sort of regionally and have started to branch out and branch out. Um, but I think a real great resource to start with in the first instance is Refuge um, and, and Women's refuge particularly and also women's aid is a really great place to start in terms of how do we access those the the people that know you know the people that know these people and the people that know these and of course
0: actually we you know we we tend to think that these must be strange people but if you are like me and you already have a proportion of your portfolio given over to the council actually you are housing exactly the same people but under different umbrellas right exactly Um, that you know, and to be quite honest, my my council tenants—they move in and they never move out. To me, they are a absolutely cracking uh, tenant. Don't I couldn't wish for anything more. And so, and it's that safety, Rachel, isn't oh, it? Is really that,
1: there's a, a a stable stable accommodation that's looked after by you know the landlord that's also in turn looked after by by the tenant, and that mutual working relationship is you know is is beneficial. And, and like you say, they stay because. It's why would they move out if, if they it's... are natural
0: renters? Most people, anyway, mm-hmm. not everybody wants to own their own home, right? Because within our own home, as you know, there you know, when you're a tenant, the landlord pays for things when the boiler falls off the wall, the roof tile goes, all the rest of it. When you are a homeowner, you're paying all the utility bills, all of and it. all the rest. So, there will always be a proportion of the population who want to rent, and it's up to us in the private rental sector to provide those homes, absolutely. And, it's getting very onerous now. There are so many, you know, reasons why you wouldn't want to. But the, you know, if you can tap into a a genre of tenants who appreciate you and you appreciate them, right? This is a marriage made in heaven, absolutely.
1: And that's where I was at. That's that's the position that I found myself in for, you know, a whole decade. You know, so you know, imagine having a tenant that's looking after your property for a whole decade, paying every single month on time. You know, there are people out there that that are that tenant, and they may have come from a vulnerable space in the first instance, and having those relationships is I I think something that is well worth considering.
0: And also, of course, if you're a good landlord and you have provided a quality property and you don't keep making the rents jump and all the rest of it, I mean, there are sadly some landlords who do, but the majority of us are very, are very law-abiding and, and like to keep tenants, then you've got a chance to build deposits. You've got a chance to, to create something. And that's one of the things that your foundation does is that it's It's all about pushing people out of you know, on being on the treadmill, just about surviving and actually building stuff, isn't it? A hundred percent. You know, like business saved my life.
1: Like, we're actually moving out of the corporate space and working for myself, and, and generating financial independence and financial freedom, and taking off. The plaster of having to claim benefits, actually taking the glass ceiling away from myself, allowed me then to, you know, earn exponential amounts of money and and continues to do so, allows it to grow. So we help people gain not just the financial freedom, but the self-esteem and the confidence that they too, you know, are able to to grow in this way. And I think that, you know, when you've got that self-esteem and that self-confidence, you want to look after the things that you have around you. You know, it makes it all that much more precious
0: and also in order to be able to access that sort of thing and and have the confidence to start working on that you've got to know the home life works right you've got to have that stability and I, and again for me that if i hadn't have had the safety and
1: the security it was always safety and security first before success like give me safety and security it's what maslow's hierarchy of needs right we want to be fed watered housed clothed all of that before we can self actualize and and again coming back to that being given a chance in that space allowed me to do that and that wasn't he wasn't quicker. He wasn't a smash and grab tendency by any stretch of the imagination. It was a whole decade of trusting that stability and
0: trusting that security. And and actually, a lot of property people start off from a very bad position and know that financial freedom can be gained through property, mm-hmm. and that's where they get going. And then somehow along the way, they forget where they came from quite often. <laughs> And it is it is all down to, you know, return on investment and hundred percent this and all the rest of it, which, you know, I think many of us can can park in certain parts of our um, our journeys in property. But um Danny, I have to say, for those who um have never met you before, you have a, a strap line about being a queen bee, which I always think is so relevant to all of us in property because most of us think oh, we can't do this. Can't you know, so people come and hear me speak, and I go. I take took twenty three thousand, and I turned it into several million. Right, and they go, "Well, I couldn't do that." Yeah, I couldn't, possibly. <laughs> and I couldn't possibly. I couldn't. Yeah, possibly. I'm going, but I'm little me. I, there's nothing special about me. If I could do it, you could do it too. And one of the things that you do, you 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 always credit, and I always laugh when I see, it, even though I've seen it lots of times, was that lovely saying from the the B movie, the well, B movie, <laughs> B movie, yes.
1: It is, it, and and you know what, I come back to it time and time again, and you know this, and you know even the fly anyway foundation is, is has come from this. But it goes aerodynamically. Bees shouldn't be able to fly. Their little wings shouldn't get their fat little bodies off the ground, and the bees don't care what humans think is impossible. The bee flies anyway. The bees didn't get the
0: memo, Rachel. The bees are <laughs> like, well, I'm just going to take <laughs> off anyway. Um, and that, that is an ex- such an exciting mini story all in itself, isn't it? Because it really does go, you know, sorry, didn't get the memo. No one can tell me I can't do it. Frankly, let's flick V signs at everybody else and I'm just going to do it anyway.
1: Right. And I think the more of us do that with and for each other and just kind of believe in each other so that we can do that. And that's the, you know, the whole premise of everything that I've built, both within my speaking business, within my, you know, public speaking coaching business and within the fly Away Foundation is that, you know, we, we get to take... We all do well when we all do well. Yep, it's, it's, absolutely. it's all well and good, somebody doing well on their own, but I defy anyone to not feel better when we do well together. And I think this, especially when you're building wealth, when you've got to a position where you've built wealth and you're feeling that kind of that financial freedom, that there's an opportunity for you to put your hand behind you and go, do you know what? This isn't just for me. This is for us. And it has the potential to be for us. And and we can all do well when we all do well.
0: Yes. Oh, thank you. That is such a lovely way of putting it. It really is. Because, you know, Property investing is a two side story. It's not about um I know I saw I saw on um a thread on Facebook someone complaining about you know a tenant complaining about the, the price of nest but tenant, you know, Tesco's can put the price off of its pasta and I thought right. yeah. But a tenant is a person. It is not a packet of pasta. And that is what I think a lot of people forget. And that idea that you've just said about the fact that you've got to somewhere where you're financially free, you're financially secure, you don't have to make everything be the best financially. You can put your hand behind you and pull you up, somebody else up and make them safe for the rest of their lives. That is a really lovely um, vision to end on. But how do people find you? Well, I'm like sand at the beach, Rachel. Once you've
1: come across me, I tend to get everywhere. So I'm across all of the socials uh, at the Queen Bee Danny, and my website's uk. Uh, but yeah, at the Queen Bee Danny, all the way across the socials, you can find out what I'm getting up to. I'm most active on uh, Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. And are you still doing your Monday mornings? I'm doing my Monday mornings, my Wednesday mornings and my Friday mornings. So I have a live that I do on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 9.30 called the Show Up Wise up, rise up show where we set our intentions for the week together from a business perspective. We learn together on a Wednesday and we celebrate all of our successes as a wider community on a Friday. So, I would love if anyone's sort of listening out there feels so inclined to follow me at the Queen Bee Danny. Uh, we go live on Facebook and LinkedIn at 9 30 on a Monday, Wednesday, and
0: Friday. Well, thank you very much. And thank you again, Danny, for coming and and talking. Because I'm sure that many of of my podcast regulars, you know, they they do go off and do amazing things. And they're always looking for some new idea and new reason to invest in a different way. And I think you've absolutely told them what they should be doing next. Thank you so much. Rachel, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's always talking to you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.